Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's my check. It's my check. The podcast by Mike Myers. And we clear. Hello, horny babies. Welcome to Mike Check with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos, the only show where two comedians watch every single film of Mike Myers just to check if they're still good. And it's 2017. It's the new year. Welcome to it. And we thought we'd maybe give you something a little bit different to kick the year off. Maybe give you something a little bit smoking to start the year off. See, normally... We do a show about Mike Myers. You guys know that, you're horny babies, but we have some new listeners, some new members of the Mike Czech Republic, so I just want to extend a welcome to you all and let you know that you're not going crazy. Normally this show is all about Mike Myers, but today is something a little bit different. Today, we're doing a spin-off episode. See, sometimes our listeners, they like to recommend a spin-off that they'd like to hear about a comedian that they enjoy. So we figured, why not kick off the new year by making one of your dreams come true? And hopefully you all enjoy it as much as we enjoyed recording it. This episode is dedicated to at Matty D. Unwin on Twitter, who requested a Jim Carrey spin-off. So we came up with one for you. This is Alrighty Now, Alrighty Then. The films of Jim Carrey. <laughs> and we hope you like it. It was really fun. I had a ball recording it. And uh, we'll be back to you with more Mike next week. So sit back, relax, P-A-R-T-Y, because you gotta. Hey, Jim Junkies, welcome to Alrighty Now, Alrighty Then, the only podcast that's all about the films of rubber-faced comedy superstar, Jim Carrey. That's right, I'm Cameron James, I'm hosting the show, I love you guys, thanks for tuning in all these years that I've been running this podcast. We've only done five pods so far, (laughs) but because I've had some personal shit going on, I don't really have time to get into it. Um... (laughs) Let's just say um, I was being extorted out of some money by an ex-wife. Don't worry about it. I don't have time to go into it. But thank you so much for joining me on this very special episode today. We are doing my favorite Jim Carrey film. It's the film that inspired me to start this pod those many moons ago when I had some money and a wife. (laughs) I guess that's canon now in this universe of this podcast. Um, It's my favorite Jim film. It's my favorite Jim film to talk about, especially with these two very special guests that I have with me today. I'm not going to reveal the name of the film yet. Okay. But I am going to reveal the name of my two guests. Cool. The names. (laughs) Okay. I thought we had the same name. Please put your hands together. (laughs) Okay. And welcome to the podcast. You know we're from comedy. You know we're from Triple J. You know we're from being my friend. It's Jen Fricker. Hey. How you doing, Jen? I'm so excited. Are you excited? Thank you so much for it. Taking me to this place, yeah. to this altar of all things Jim Carrey. The altar of Jim. Yeah, yeah. we come to the gym to work out. Yeah, we... <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's oh boy, that's crazy. Sorry, forgive me. I am getting carried away. Um, and may I please introduce my second guest? Yep, dear friend, comedy superstar. <laughs> You know him from Mike Check with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos. You know him from the Blank Slate Movie Podcast. 
It's Alexi Toliopoulos. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It is, isn't it? Hey. Yep. Mm. What Jim Carrey film are we spiritually? Mm, that's a good question. I'd like Alexi to answer first. Okay. Wait, the three of us as a threesome or oh. me as an individual? I was, <laughs> okay, what were you going to say, Jennifer? I was thinking individual, but if you think uh, as a group, what do you prefer? I think if we do it as a group, we all have to answer at the same time. Okay. Okay. One. Two, three. Mr. Popper's penguins. Oh boy, <laughs> we are not in sync at all. Alexi, did you say Mr. Popper's penguins? Mr. Popper's penglings. Um, <laughs> I think it's a terrific film for the entire family, especially if mum and dad need to take a rest away from the kids. It'll really distract them, and you can get along with your entire life kid-free for a while. <laughs> Just for an hour and a half. Well, it goes for four hours, that film. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's one of Jim's uh, longest films, but not his longest. <laughs> What's the longest? Number 23. Yeah, how long does that go for? 23 hours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen, you said The Cable Guy. Now, that seems on brand for you because what it's you dark, kooky, and fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Having You're known Jen for a while, that is yeah. true. Yeah. You know I'm not that dark. No, I know. I know. I've, I've but that's just your work. Because yeah. I always think of your comedy as kind of Tim Burton-esque. <laughs> if steampunk were a female comedian, <laughs> that would be my flavor. <laughs> Do you like the cable guy? Um, I found it really disturbing. I don't know yeah. why. Hmm. Made me feel uncomfortable. Well, it's about obsession. Obsession. Which is a disturbing trait. Now, I said, of course, The Mask. Which, spoiler alert, is the film we are going to be getting carried away with today, ladies and gentlemen. Cameron, do you wear a mask? What's this podcast called, by the way? (laughs) It's called Alrighty Now, Alrighty Then. Okay, not carried away. (laughs) You've said that a lot of times (laughs) on this show already. Well, it's one of my catchphrases. Okay. Yeah. This is the story of Stanley Ipkiss. Stanley, you are the nicest guy. Really, you are. His job is at the bank. You're 40 minutes late. Now, that's the same as stealing. I'm sorry, Mr. Dickey. It'll never happen again. But now... Hey, you! What are you doing down there? I'm just looking for my mask! All that is about to change. (laughs) Because Stanley Ipkiss is not the man he used to be. Do you wear a mask? Well, we all wear masks, yeah. metaphorically speaking. <laughs> Cameron wears a sleep apnea mask. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, I That's one of the reasons my marriage split up those many years ago. I had night terrors. I like the Donald Trump mask you wear for your political stand-up bits. <laughs> yeah. And you do the impression yeah. and stuff. It's oh, fun. and it's a bad impression. But we're yes. not talking about a Donald Trump mask today, guys. No. We're talking about the film The Mask starring Jim Carrey. 1994 and? film, Academy Award Nominated. Nominated. Was it really? It really, really was. It was nominated for Best Visual Effects, but it lost to Forrest Gump. That's oh. right. Pretty okay. good visual effects. I wouldn't yeah. mind touching on that a little They're bit. They're smoking. They are smoking visual effects. They are B E A U the full. Yeah, that's true. They are. But let's not start there. I'd love to talk about those visual effects. First, I want to get into you guys and your relationships to Jim. Now, Jen. Tell me about you and Jim. Uh, okay. So I have um, a personal side of Jim Carrey. <gasps> okay. In that my brother auditioned for the sequel to The Mask. In The Son, son of, of the, the Mask. Mask. No, really? To play The Son of the Mask. No, what? Yeah. The little baby mask. The, yeah, little baby mask. And my brother Max got a callback for it because it was being shot on the Gold Coast. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. And it was a terrible, terrible script. Yeah, well, like the, so they give you one page to like learn, and it was yeah. literally just him being like, "But Dad, I don't understand," like, and having to do the accent, like, "I don't know what this mask means. Where did you get it from?" And it's just oh. questions that won't be answered. But he got a callback. He got a callback. You get paid for callbacks. So I think he yeah. made about forty dollars. That's Whoa. huge. Yeah. In two thousand five. Yeah, I mean, those that's probably like so forty five cool bucks today. That's, the way to yeah. make such a great film out of bad script. I think that's really fascinating. Yeah, it was good for yeah. the Australian film industry. Certainly, everyone got a job. That was, yeah. you know, it was the height of the Gold Coast's boom times. That was yeah. when yeah. pre-production on Justice League was happening. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, you know, that was when. Uh, 
was it Kangaroo Jack was getting filmed? Oh, yeah. I love Kangaroo Jack. The Jerry O'Connell film. You know, and people say, like, Australia doesn't have a film industry now. And I say, look to the mid-2000s. Yeah, look to Kangaroo Jack. Look at films being made behind Movie World in (laughs) the Gold Coast. And you'll find it. You'll find our culture there. It's there. Our our cinema is strong. I mean, Cinema. Yeah, sorry. Did I pronounce it incorrectly? Yes. Yes. I mean, I've spent a lot of time just looking at Australian cinema and I can't see anything better than Son of the Mask. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it, but, but I will check it out. But you can't see anything better. That's just what the critical consensus is. We understand the world that we're living in. <laughs> but prior to Son of the Mask, had you seen The Mask? Yes, I went and saw it in cinema. Really? With my grandma. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and, Sorry, have uh, I been pronouncing grandma wrong or yeah, something as well? Yeah, it's pronounced grandma. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, from It's short from grandma take. Mm. Like the mm. French. Mm. Um, yeah, so with my grandma would be when it came out here, so 95. Remember when movies came out a year later? Here? Yeah. Yeah. And Those are the good that. days. I miss the good days. <laughs> we could build up hype for a year yeah. and then just go in and enjoy it nonetheless. Yeah, it would already win the awards. Yeah. And you're like, finally, I'm guaranteed a good product. I'm not taking a freaking risk out of the cinema. <laughs> Thank God. Um, yeah. yeah, so sorry. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, why know, did you it take in to seem... see The Mask? I don't know. I was in Adelaide. I think my grandma, grandma wanted <laughs> wanted me. I don't know. What do you do in Adelaide in the 90s? Well, you go watch the mask. Yeah, I guess Because so. it played in cinemas for 10 years there. So you had a real <laughs> opportunity to go check it out. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Because um, they played it for the full run until Son of the Mask came out. That's, <laughs> that was exciting. But I'm pretty sure... I mean, I appreciate having the comparison as well to see it um, on the original film yeah. as opposed yeah. to the digital restoration yeah. is now. Yeah. And yeah. I really feel like that's a unique memory that I alone have. Yeah, it's not the same when it's on Netflix because every no. now and then if you like move your mouse, you get that little bar coming up. Yeah. And that's not what the director's and intended. I'm, yeah, that's actually not in the original film. The, the, not even in the script. The scroll bar down the bottom. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the this will play... The autoplay of the next thing, and you yeah. don't get to rate it. That's not in the original film print. That's true. So, what do you do at the end of the movie when you, you just go watch walk it? You, you, you walk out. You stand your floor. You, you stand walk your floor. Your grandmother holds you yep. tight. She okay. looks at you with her eyes filled with tears, and yep. she says, "I'm proud of you. Wow. I'm so proud of what, you for sitting through the movie. Yeah, and, and you're the most beautiful." Six-year-old girl in the whole world. Yeah. And I'm so proud of you. And this is this happens everywhere. That happens everywhere. It's custom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then you go down to Hayes. What did you, what did you <laughs> grandma, think of grandma. the mask? Yeah. I that must have There's blown a... her fucking mind. <laughs> I like rewatching it now. I'm like, oh, she would have hated this. Yeah, of course. I think she because it's all these like Looney Tunes references. Yeah. 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 She must have thought it was going to be a very appropriate film. But at one point, he pulls a used condom oh, out yeah. of his pocket. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. watched that like today and I was like oh my god I sat next to my grandmother as she watched someone pull a grotesque cutting yeah. coat pull a used franger out I mean all I could think of was whose cum was that on set you know? and like, is that the mask or is that Jim or, or like you or know, even just as a prop did like the, did they go we need someone to fill this condom with cum quick spit in it that just gave it to like a runner or something <laughs> and to quickly joke. I don't understand I thought it was probably like face wash or something no I think everything has to be real cum really yeah. is it a documentary no but they just want it to be real it's got to be authentic yeah that's true now Lex what's your relationship like to Jim uh, well Jim, hmm. Well, I've seen a few of his films. I like some of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Bruce Almighty, that's funny. I've always wanted to know what it would be like if a goofball was God, that it finally answered that question. And then it answered it again with Evan Almighty. Yes. The when a weirder sequel. guy gets becomes God. <laughs> yeah. Well, not God, Noah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> he, he actually builds an ark. Um, and uh, that's... Uh, <laughs> that's a really funny premise for a film. And I think that's a great idea because it answers questions uh, that maybe like, like um, if the world were to go to shit, could mm-hmm. a guy that worked on TV for a bit make um, an arc to put some animals on there so we can have more animals in the future? Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't get to the end of the movie, so <laughs> I don't know what the answer to that question is. What are um, some other gym movies that you like? I've seen um, The Majestic. Oh, really? I've never seen it. Well, yeah, it's pretty boring is and it, forgettable. Is, is that the one that's uh, similar to The Prestige? Uh, no, that's The Magician. Oh, um. I think. Majestic uh, is something wait, is about that, a cinema. He owns a cinema. Is it Incredible cinema. Burt Wonderstone? 
Oh, he's in that. Yeah, I've seen that that one. (laughs) The Majestic is like a cinema and it's like Hollywood blacklist type shit. Um, I've seen... Does he fall over anything in it? (sighs) Well, over his own hopes and dreams, if you're going to be metaphorical about it all. Um, I've seen of number 23. I've not seen seen it, but I've seen the poster. (laughs) And I saw Margaret and David's review back in the day. So (laughs) What did they give it? They gave it uh, 2.3. Okay, well, that's yeah. quite restrained for David Stratton. Yeah, well, he just thought it would be fitting. To you know, he yeah. uh, de- funny fact about David Stratton: he famously came on Fellini. <laughs> that's yeah, true. he actually that's did. That's true. His book At is the called urinal. "I Came on Fellini." <laughs> <laughs> I think it's "I Come on Fellini." Oh, all right, he constantly. It was did. actually called "I Famously Come on Fellini." <laughs> But what about the mask? This I'd was, never I've, seen the mask before. That's right. Now you texted me while you were watching <laughs> yeah. this movie, saying all the text said was this movie is scaring me. <laughs> it's scary. Why did it I scare you? I never saw as a kid. Uh, my older godbrother, who I looked up to a lot, he loved the mask. Mm. He loved Mike Myers as well. That's mm. what got me into Mike. But I never got into Jim because I found him real scary. He is and this real scary. Movie to be really scary because it's like very dark. It, it, it like it looks. It's got this kind of look about it that's like almost like a horror film. Mm. And I find the character of um, the mask, Mister Greenface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, did you ever do green faces? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Oh, Let's okay. get into it. Yeah, <laughs> so- Jen, did you ever do green faces? No. What's that? Oh, it's a comedy competition. Aww. We'll talk about it off mic. <laughs> <laughs> so the character of Greenface. Always scared me because he reminded me of the character that I'm most scared of in any film, which is Judge Doom from Roger, who framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, right, right. right. There's so many parallels between the two. Exactly. Yeah. Where it's like a cartoon living in that kind of like a grounded world. And there's something about that, like, insanity of that that really creeps me out. I'm feeling a little bit nervous now. Do you think that you fear the mask because you see elements of the mask within yourself? The idea Um, of chaos. The idea of an, mm. Uh, uh, mm. there's being no sense of natural justice or order in the world. Well, wow. I guess yes. Is that uh, what you you oh see? Oh my it? god! Like, do you think that maybe cartoons and the yeah. and the nature of cartoons are actually just a homogenized version of our own reality? This oh blown my, my mind. This and the hand mind. of the animator is actually some kind of hand of a greater creator that we invent for ourselves. Oh my God. To and stop who creates ourselves. the creator? You know like what I mean? Bruce Almighty type character. Yeah. You know, someone like that who's there <laughs> pulling all the strings. Just a guy who's a simple guy get, but gets a huge promotion. <laughs> to the man upstairs. Yeah. Now, you, you said to me at one point, and you just reiterated mm. them, that you're terrified of these kind of cartoonish characters that are grounded in reality. Mm. That reminds me of another character, a man called Austin Powers yeah. from the film franchise, Austin Powers. He's a similar man, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Cartoonish, but- <laughs> grounded in reality. Are you frightened Yeah, by but him? he doesn't have a weird plastic head. <laughs> and doesn't have like cartoon, like actual cartoon guns flying out of him. He's a real man, baby. And he, he has real moments of pathos that I find that this movie doesn't quite have. The mask doesn't have a vulnerability. Exactly. Even mm. though he's some schmuck that can't get a date, mm. that's um, not that relatable for a guy like me who's out there, like Austin Powers, swinging, <laughs> swinging shagging. it up, shagging, shagging people rotten, baby. Do you think, like, what I love about the mask is that the most unbelievable part of it for me is trying to believe Jim Carrey is a normal person. Yeah, yeah I know. Or it's as like really a disturbing. Yeah. That's He's the like, thing. Because oh. the guy's a jock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a confirmed hunk. It is confirmed. But he's one of those dudes, though, and I think... He's done this for his whole career, maybe apart from films like The Number 23 and The, the Majestic, Majestic, which I have not seen. Truman Show. Where he's like, he cannot be serious or sincere for a second. No. Even in this, Even in the lines where he's like supposed to be sweet or romantic, he's like pretty much winking at the camera going like, isn't this fucking ridiculous? There's yes. a bit um, where he's in the jail and Cameron Diaz has come to visit him mm. and he's looking at, there's a shot of him watching her talk. And even then she's like being all seductive and stuff. And he's just kind of looking at her with this kind <laughs> of weird detachment, like, like a lion stalking its prey. Mm. He's waiting for his line. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really funny. But it watch. does look like he's listening. Yeah. Famously a great listener, Jim Carrey. But here's something that I found interesting too, is that, because this is like his, 
you'd say this is the role that broke him to the mainstream. Yeah. Ace Ventura mm-hmm. had come just before, and then afterwards, Dumb and Dumber came, and then Liar Liar, Batman Forever, all that shit that he was in. Like mm-hmm. the, he became huge, but this is the one that really made him huge. Mm. And so he's like defining his comedy persona on screen, like as the as movie the plays. movie progresses. Yeah, which I find interesting because his persona is like. Caught somewhere between this like childish, harmless, fun guy, mm. and then like a horn dog, very horny. Yeah, he's like a car- <laughs> a horny cartoon yeah. character. Yeah, and it's kind of a weird tone. But even him. him when he's not Mister Greenface, he um he's horny. Yeah, because he's, he's trying to he's you know he he he's trying to kiss girls. Yeah. And that's something that's the behavior of a horny guy. I do love that all women in the mask are either like absolutely smoking mm. hot yeah. or just the worst crony like <laughs> yep, yep, yep. awful yep. women that are just like eh. all that bombshells or shrews. Yeah. They're the two types in this world. Mothers or uh virgins. That's it. Yeah, I'm a mother personally. I don't know. That's just I like the energy drink. I'm a busy virgin. Um, yeah, that's a subset. Yeah, yeah. Now here's a, here's something that I found kind of interesting, tying to the horny thing. The first time we meet Cameron Diaz, which is maybe one of the horniest moments in cinema history. The it camera, is disgusting. Like, the camera fucks her. Basically, she's 21, yeah. I think, in the film, oh, or like so maybe young. 19 or something. It's like just slightly too young. Mm. Yeah. And, and the camera, like, starts at her feet oh. and then, like, goes up her body and, like, moves with the curves of her body yes. to find her face. And she's wet. She's wearing a, like, dress that's clinging to her. It's a red, low-cut dress. She's got, like, full-on push-up bra cleavage yeah. going on. And she's a tiny lady. Yeah. Like, mm. that, that. those boobs are coming from her waist. Like, they've tucked <laughs> skin from her ass into her bra. <laughs> To create this kind of... Is that how tits are made? Yeah. <laughs> how tits are... Guys, what? I think I speak with some authority yeah, here. Okay. No, I'm learning a That's bit That's what here. push-up bras are. They grab ass. They, you tuck your bum into mm-hmm. the bra and then you smoosh it to the front. <laughs> Sounds really painful. Yeah, man. But okay. it's worth it, though. Like, it is. Like, how just, good are tits, Just to though? see that kind of thing yeah, just up on juggle. the big silver screen, you're just like, wow, this is a good movie. And it's weird because <laughs> he's supposed to be... It's supposed to be a romantic attraction to her. Like, mm. when he looks at her, he's, his dialogue is all to the effect of, like, wow, she's so sensitive. She's so She's an artist. She's so beautiful. But the way he plays it, when he shakes her hand hello, he shakes her arms so vigorously that her tits are just, like, fucking bouncing all <laughs> over the screen. Yeah, that's oh. her butt. That's her butt. <laughs> Sorry. Her ass, yeah. Her ass is you. It's, like, it's played sexually, but the dialogue is all sweet and romantic. Yes. But then, like, I think what it is is that he's just too close to her. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. when they have conversations, mm. like... Five centimetres wider would be a normal mm. conversational mm. range, but he's just like five centimetres too close where it's like, oh, you are about to fuck her. Yeah. That's the thing about Jim. He's quite intense. Yeah. Intense. And he's always leaning in. Mm. Like he's got he's he's got quite a straight posture and he just leans and he's always in like a Michael Jackson type almost. <laughs> the Michael Jackson, the Michael Jackson lead. He does something similar to that to to talk to people and I think that's quite off putting. I think it's scary. It's like a robot that's been taught the m- mechanics of listening. Yes, you know what I mean. But the algorithm's off by like five centimeters. Now it's interesting that you've you've said you were afraid by this, Lex. Jen, you said you felt a bit of fear as well. I want to get into the bottom of mm. that now because this director, Chuck Russell, actually cut his teeth in horror. That's where yeah. he comes from. Right. It's a horror director. His he first directed film, Nightmare was... of Elm Street 3, right. Dream Warriors, dream which Warriors. I think is a highlight of the entire franchise. Yeah. And... I would call myself a dream warrior. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say that's true. And a bit of a weekend warrior. I'm you a are vibe as well. smith as well. <laughs> On Triple J, 12 till 3 weekdays. Can you give us a, um, can you just say Triple J in a really casual, cool way? Okay. Okay. Uh, do you want me to do my radio voice? Yeah, please. Triple J. Shit, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Wow, I, I do all the promos. We love music. <laughs> <laughs> and then they pitch it up. The ABC have a bunch of filters oh, and stuff and condensers. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then it comes out sounding like... Triple J. Wow, that's crazy. Perfect. Yeah. Podcasting, very different. Yeah? Yeah, very It different. feels much more real here, I'll be honest. Yeah, it's yeah. like... I mean, I don't want to compare my show to Mark Maron's show, but, you know, lock the gates. That's all I'm going to say. This is, you know, pow, you know. 
I just shit my pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the cool thing is, Cameron doesn't own any cats, but he goes around the neighborhood, collects cat hair, yeah. and just kind of leaves it on things. Well, and he says, it's about the smell. Yeah. That's how Marin gets it. He's, he's how smells of cat piss. That's well, why they can bear themselves. He doesn't have a cat, but he has a dead cat. Yeah. Yeah, and I can't find it. Yeah. But I can smell it. <laughs> and I got another confession, guys. I don't what? really have an ex-wife. Mm. That's oh. just something I say for the podcast. Um, are we cool, though? Um, yeah, Boomer lives. Yeah, cool. Yeah, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Do you, go, do you know who Boomer is, Alexis? Yes. It's um a dead cat. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, you you're a dream warriors fan. Yeah, I like love it. it. It's a great it's a great film. It's got a beautiful visual aesthetic mm-hmm. where um it. it the the it's similar to this film, I would say the visual visual style of it all, where it is kind of like an enhanced kind of dreamlike cartoonish world. Mm. It's the first of those Elm Street movies where things start to get a, even more magical, I would say. And um, I think there's a many comparisons that can be drawn between Mr. Frederick Kruger and Mr. Greenface over here. Well, the Greenface character was sort of a scary character in the comics. Yes. He's like kind of a villain. And he is in Miss 2, but he's supposed to be the hero. Well, he's a trickster. Yeah, he's mm. a trickster god. He's like a Loki type. Yes. Mm. Well, the son of a... Loki. The Loki mask is the name of the mask. <laughs> That's right. Did That's you cool. ever watch the cartoon series that came out? Too scared. <laughs> too scared? <laughs> I was too scared. Well, I liked it because it focused a lot on the best character in the mask, which is Milo the dog. Yeah. Mm. And um, yep. just, yeah, real scene stealer, not only in the movie, but in the cartoon, the animated series that a lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Came out <laughs> two years later. Um, so I highly recommend, like, if you found the mask disturbing... <laughs> and haunting that you'll love the mask cartoon series because it's mainly dogs. It's mainly about Milo. How good is the dog acting in it, though? Yeah, it's got some great oh. dog performance in this film. I mean, he has to do many things like getting a key, so it's yeah. pretty cool. And then he, he gets to the cheese, mm. oh, he and he's like, cheese. Milo, drop the cheese, get the keys. And then he has to get the mask, yeah, and then he becomes the mask. That's one of the most transcendent. So when you said Oscar nominated, I was thinking mm. that's what it's for, for. the dog. Yeah. Right. It's the dog because again, it's like you need. When you're casting a movie like this, you need someone who can play dark and light. I was thinking while I was watching it, like, oh, this dog's dead. And then I thought about my dog, which I had at the time, Mm. and now she's dead too. It's so strange that animals do not get to live as long and beautiful lives as us humans can. But that's why they're so powerful because the magic burns uh, maybe five to six times as bright as it does for us. Yeah, it is, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's why they're such special little creatures. We're so blessed to have them in our lives. We are. They're little furry angels. Yeah, and they live on in cinema, you know. They do. Like this dog will live on forever through the mask, Yeah, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Now, the visual effects of this film. Oh, yeah, it's a dead dog. Um, Much like my dead cat. Mm-hmm. Lock the gates. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lock the gates down, and this cat's going down to hell. <laughs> the visual effects of this film are what kind of, I guess, I mean, they were nominated for an Oscar for the visual effects. Yes, this but it lost to Forrest Gump, by lost the way. Lost to Forrest guys. Gump. Yeah, well, that feather. 
you know, mm. it's all about that feather falling down to the bus. Stop. You know what? Yeah. Um, the Forrest Gump moment for me was that they animated the chocolate in the chocolate box. Mm. Wasn't there on the uh, day? What? Yeah, so they animated it because they were worried it was it was gonna melt. Yeah, so they animated plastic. it in. <laughs> well, if no, you, eat you can't plastic, eat plastic. If you eat plastic, you choke on it and you actually die. Yeah. You might go to yeah, doggy but you just heaven. pocket it. You pocket it into the corner of your no, mouth. No, no, but it's real though, so they had to act it into the digital thing. So it's actually green screen chocolate. Oh, yeah, man, this is freaky. This is freaking. It's me out. pretty weird stuff, but movies have to be made a certain way under regulations. That's movie magic, baby. Well, there's some real movie magic on the screen during this one. I think the visual effects still hold up to this day. What do you I guys think? think? Yeah, absolutely. So it looks awesome. Industrial Light and Magic did the stuff. Mm-hmm. In fact, if this movie didn't have visual effects, I would say it would be. A bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Probably. Because it would just be a weird green dude, uh, you know, bashing people up. Running around. Grabbing women. Yeah. Smooching them. Throwing them in dumpsters. <laughs> he's a grabber. I love that part where he uh, wakes up his neighbor in the middle of the night and his alarm clock falls out of his zoot suit. Yeah. I think that is great effects when it's ba- that alarm clock's bouncing around. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. Really, I thought this was magic happening in front of my eyes. Do you know what I loved? It was very tasteful. Uh, in this beautiful film, uh, was that when he was wearing around the apartment, mm-hmm. there was a cushion with the Tasmanian Devil yes. character. Yeah. A great it. ode to our great country. He's one of the great it was. Australians. Yeah. And again, part of our great Australian cinematic tradition yeah. that we have to support. We have to. It's yeah. dying, you guys. It's dying. It we is. need more Tassie Devils out there. We need more you know? Tassie Devils. We need more merch. Yes. And Tassie Devil is still one of the great legends of Australian comedy. You can go check him out. Yeah. Like, he does a lot of more kind of RSLs. He's still got that magic. You can look through your dad's underwear drawer and you'll find him on the boxes. Yeah, but don't look too closely at those boxes because no. you might find a few little cums down. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Okay. All right. You know what I like? I think the, the bit that. I think still looks very cool for me is when he turns the balloon handgun into a real Tommy gun. Mm. Yeah. I think that looks fucking awesome. And also the when his face turns into a wolf face when he's mm. whistling at the babe mm. at uh, Cameron Diaz, who, by the way, is my namesake. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I was actually named after her. Wow. Really? Yeah. But you're okay. <laughs> when she was just like a high school student or something. <laughs> yeah, They're like, yeah. yeah, this that's a cool name for a my, boy. My parents travelled, they saw her. Yeah. And they said, Who's this babe? We're gonna name our kid after Who's this <laughs> who's this twelve year old? She's a babe. We're gonna name our little boy little boy after this. <laughs> yeah, and it's worked out well for me. And um, yeah, I think she's great in this film. What do you guys she think? She is fabulous. She's Star-making really role. great. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to keep. I talking. thought you were going to say something. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just enjoying um, how you she, said fabulous. I think she's fabulous. I think she's one of the great. Uh, unsung actors and she's given some really fantastic performances in stuff like The Mask there's something about Mary mm-hmm. uh, being John Malkovich yep. Vanilla Sky mm-hmm. Sky Sky Vanilla Sky Vanilla Squash <laughs> yeah and she's never given enough praise and Do I you think know, I love watching her movies because they're all about her being an object of desire mm. in like Surrounded by like foaming dudes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Like I was watching The Mask and I was like, oh, this would have been really lonely for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's her whole role in the movie is that she's the bombshell that pretty much every dude is like, when they see her. What are they like? You guys can see, but I'm, I'm turning my face into a wolf face. Yeah. Wow. Um, and but I think that's what, why we're lucky to have Cameron Diaz because uh, while she does get cast in a lot of movies like that, she's able to bring something to that role yeah. that mm-hmm. a lot of other people uh, couldn't. No. She's got very natural chops. I mean, this was her first film, I think. She'd been a model prior to this. Um, but she's as charismatic on screen as all the other actors and as confident. I'd and- say even mm-hmm. more charismatic than Richard Jenny. Yeah, may he rest in peace. Yeah, he's. I love him though. Yeah. What about um, the guy who plays Dorian? He's pretty charismatic. You know, Zed. Zed from yeah. Fiction. Okay, what? can I. Yeah, see, Jen doesn't really remember this guy at all. He's the villain in the film. He was so bad. And I didn't care for him either. But Cameron sent me a text today <laughs> saying, Cameron Diaz and the guy that plays Dorian are the two sexiest people in the film. He said that to me. And I don't get serious? it at all about this <laughs> there's actor. Nothing, there's nothing. <laughs> 
anything there. Like in yes, that, in there's that, not. In that, Cameron Diaz could make chemistry with anyone because she's that hot. Hot? Yeah. hot? Yeah, she's, she's hot. She's, she's hot. hot. She's hot. hot to trot. She's, she's hot, hot to trot. <laughs> she's hot. She's smoking. <laughs> that was a reach. That was a reach. I'll admit that. <laughs> he thinks that the actor Peter Green yeah. is... Is a honey, straight well, look, up honey. Here's the thing. If you're going to talk about Jim Carrey's 1994, 1995 streak, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you have to talk about Peter Green's streak <laughs> from the same era. Okay, so Yeah, he's got a pretty... He he's in a, the movie Blue Streak. Is that what you're talking <laughs> about? <laughs> he's in Blue Streak with Martin Lawrence. Yeah. But prior to that, in 1994... Peter Green did The Mask. Yes. Mm-hmm. He did Pulp Fiction. And he's uncredited in The Usual Suspects. <laughs> and he's in The Usual Suspects. But, I mean, that's a hot streak for an actor. Yeah, then he went on yeah. to Under Siege 2, Dark Territory, the yeah. Steven Seagal film. I mean, he fell off a little bit yeah. after 94. But why do you think he's so sexy? What is it about because him? Because he ha- he's... I'm mainly be thinking honest. of Zed. I'll be honest. Yeah, be mm. honest. I'm mainly thinking of Zed from Pulp Fiction. Oh, that guy that uh, traps people in his basement <laughs> so he could... Uh, Sodomize them. Yeah, yeah, okay. But he carries himself in a sort of... He oozes sexuality no. as Zed. That's not sexuality. Straight up not. No, he's, it's gross. I'm not saying he's an admirable character, but he's wearing tight clothes and he rides a bike and he's like all badass and shit. And when I see him as Dorian, I think, yeah, there's no. something, something about him. No. no, you're actually wrong, you're dude. You're really wrong. And you have and a you're gross stupid. opinion. And you're fucked. Well, listen, I think uh, sexuality is a shrectrum. I've said that <laughs> yeah. before. And um, <laughs> a shrectrum. A shrectrum, yeah. yeah. And I, I, maybe I lean more towards the Z end of but, the alphabet. What so do you want? I, so... I think he's completely miscast because he's like, this whole thing's about like a cartoon version of a film noir, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. like he has no no presence whatsoever. <laughs> like he <laughs> was rightly relegated to the back of Steven Seagal movies in the 90s. Yes. Like it's, it was right. There was no other choice for him but to be like gangster number three in yes, a lineup. that's true. There's no presence there. They should he have can't kept, be the leader. They killed the doc. Um, What's his name from The Wire? Like they killed oh, yeah. him. Yeah, and that's then, right. And he would have been great as the... Reg E. McCarthy. Yeah, Why yeah. Why don't they get bloody Chris Penn or someone? Well, that's... that's You're in love with Chris Penn. <laughs> yeah, now that's, now that's a guy that's sexy, now Chris we're talking, Penn. If we're talking about weird <laughs> we, obsessions with about, male actors, you have a thing with Chris Penn. If we're talking about people from that era, 1994, that are sexy... Chris Penn is sexy and he can play gangster. The guy wears a tracksuit like no other. <laughs> I he's don't got know him. genuine charisma. He's Sean Penn's oh. brother. And he's, he's in Reservoir Dogs. The man he's of nice guy, Eddie. He's twice the man of Penn, I must say. <laughs> twice the sexuality. What? And I think he could have done that role and added some humor to it and also add a little softness to it, maybe, where he can where he could be soft and then scary. You know what? It's the vulnerability that Dorian mm. needed. I think so. That's because, you know, the mask is a representation of people's darkest desires, but it's like, yes. oh, but this is just him again, but like more more bad. Yeah, it's actually a bodybuilder. It's not even the same. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. But listen, we can't we can't say that I'm wrong for thinking this guy's a little yeah, bit sexy. Yeah, we can, objectively. No, he, fuck it's, you. He's not sexy, dude. <laughs> he's sexy. He's not sexy. He's sexy. I'll he's say not. it. He's sexy. He's not. He he's not uh, sexy. All right, I'm willing to drop it. As long as you both I can reckon see, even the creepy blonde, long hair dude, yeah, is, he's is sexier, is sexier than Dorian. Than Dorian, oh absolutely, even in the, a weird, fucked way. Even the dumb cop uh, who who <laughs> likes breakfast is hotter than him. The Dorian, girl, the, not not the main cop that looks like um, low rent Richard Gere, the other one. Oh yeah, 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 Doyle. He's yeah, Doyle. Doyle. He's the least charismatic man I've ever seen on screen. <laughs> But he's sexy. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think of the dance sequence? I love the it. Cuban mm. Pete. Love I it. love yeah. it. See, I knew that was going to be the bit that got you guys. Yeah, mm. I loved it. Because you guys the both love musicals. The Cory. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was you loved the Cory. I loved the Cory. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think everyone nailed the Cory. Yeah. I think that Jim Carrey brought his own to the Cory and he turned up on the day and he brought it. Now, that's why I can't completely fault this film because Jim brings a lot to mm. his roles. He's mm. a very physical performer. He brings joy. You can tell he's having fun. And that scene, I think, is that's the one. 
I think it's great, and I think it sits in that same kind of uh, reality as, say, an Austin Powers film would sit, mm-hmm. where it is always in that level uh, that we, in that reality that musicals refer to as musically enhanced reality mode, where it's mm-hmm. that little, the, a yes merm, as it is often abbreviated to, where there is that slight escalation until it gets to the point where it is brought, uh, where the actions and the progression of characters is portrayed through music and I think Austin Powers and The Mask and a lot of the movies of Mike Myers and Jim Carrey do sit in that realm quite often and I Mm. think I love it when it takes that whole step and it goes out into song and the best part of the whole movie is when he does a little hand gesture that prompts the female cop holding a gun Mm. at him to start having a duet with him and it kind of then it evolves into a whole kind of West Side story where everyone is singing and dancing I think that is magic yeah, and it's done so magic. well where it just uplifts you. And there's very few actors that can do that. I think Jim Carrey and Mike Myers are like probably the only two that can kind of wink directly at the camera but also be present 100% in the film at the same time. Yeah, it's sort of achieving sincerity through irony mm. in a way. Is it a Canadian thing? I don't know. They're both Canadian, baby. Do you know, I was watching, uh, I don't think it's Canadian, but I was watching Caddyshack mm-hmm. and Rodney Dangerfield in this, yeah. is it that same yeah. thing of he like, does that too. He, all he's doing is just being like, just doing dumb jokes for the audience and constantly like, hey, oh, yeah. yeah. Hey. And then there's one <laughs> bit where uh, his caddy has like a radio in it and a beer cooler <laughs> and he's like, we're all going to get laid. And then yeah. everyone starts dancing. And, That's like, so drinking, true. And it's like, Completely out of nowhere. It's like a vibe thing. There's yeah. certain mm. actors that just like have this vibe that makes everyone in the reality of yeah. the movie just like snap into their Relax. rhythm. All yeah. of a I'm really glad you brought up Dangerfield because he's important to cinema history, but people don't show enough respect. I mean, no, I love enough respect. He, he really does doesn't get, get enough, enough respect. respect, but he probably should. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd be the first to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? I don't know. But he's dead now, yeah. so we can't find out what he would <laughs> we say. We can't quote him on it, but I imagine he would have something to say about the if level you, of respect that he got. Yeah. If you look back through his hip hop album that he released, sure. one of the first <laughs> hip hop albums yeah. ever released by a white person. <laughs> yeah. Um, you really get in depth. That's my music <laughs> angle on it. Yeah. Get in depth with the lyrics, and you'll find. He, he does not get enough respect. So there no. is a subtext there about is. a lack of respect. Yeah, yeah. A lot of comedians, while they have influenced cinema, they don't get enough respect. Or some, perhaps like a Sasha Baron Cohen, don't get enough respect as well. So <laughs> I think um, that's kind of the type of thing that Cameron does at this podcast, with mine, where we honour the comedians in cinema to you know show them the, the, their worth. That's true. And Absolutely. I'm so glad, Lex, that you brought Mike into this conversation mm. that is your level of expertise mike myers yeah i really uh i wrote the book on the guy did you What's yeah the name of your book? do cinema mike myers edition <laughs> wow. the, yeah they did they did pay me in france to write a whole book on mike myers i'm here to promote it today now you know in france they actually um at mcdonald's they don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese yeah yeah what do they call it they call it a burger they uh, le burger <laughs> a burger le burger oh, okay wow. cool right yeah um, you're here to promote this book. Now, there's yeah. probably a chapter uh, in there about the Austin Powers franchise, I guess. Yeah, so. well, it's mainly that. Okay. Now, little fun fact, you might already know this being a, a cinema you know, expert and especially yeah, a mic expert. Yeah. Um, but Jim Carrey was originally offered the role of Dr. Evil yes. in the Austin Powers franchise. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was written for him. It was written for Mr. Jim Carrey. And why did he say no? He got busy. Things blew up for Mm. him. Mm. I don't know what he was doing in 97. Um, What would he have been doing? Liar, liar. Yeah, probably Mm. liar, liar. Truman Show, Cable Guy. Can you imagine what that movie would have been like with Jim Carrey? I think it would have gone a little something like this. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine working on that movie between Mike Myers and Jim Carrey. It would be exhausting. And Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Seth Green. Oh, the famous ego of Seth Green. And Frau. She's funny too. Yeah. She's the funniest one. I, I think say. so. I yeah. think so. I think so too. But do you think you would have enjoyed that version of Austin Powers? Um, yeah, sure. Really? I think I would have uh, probably not as much as I love the current day version, but unfortunately we don't have the ability to jump into different universes <laughs> and see what stuff would be like. That's true. I wish we did. That would have been something very special. Hey, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this while I was watching the movie. Um, who would we cast as the mask in this present day? <gasps> 
Now, you're going to look at some of the great comedians of current cinema, like, you know, your Zac Efron's, your Robert De Niro's. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much anyone from the Dirty Daddy uh, series. Yeah, the Dirty Grandpa franchise is really popular right now. So you can't really look past that as far Mm. as what is bankable comedy, baby. I want a female reboot of The Mask. I would love that. Who would you cast? Um, Probably Maggie Smith. Yes, Dame (laughs) Maggie Smith. Because Resting Smith face. Yeah, because a lot of people think that The Mask is all about you know, being cartoonish in your physicality. Mm. But he's ass a tongued as well, baby. And who's more quick-witted than Dame Maggie herself? She could be schlubby. Like, she let could. women be schlubby. That's what I want to see. So would you take the exact same plot where, you know, she works in a bank, yeah. she's yeah. going to put upon... She sees a hot young girl. Yeah. <laughs> Cameron Diaz? Yeah. Still Cameron Diaz. Okay. I would still cast still Cameron hot. Diaz in that role. Yeah. Get everyone back in the same roles. Even your bloody Dorian, Peter Green. What about, about, yeah. about Richard Jenny? Richard Jenny, unfortunately, um, do it. Star Wars Rogue One style, just okay. re- yeah. digitally. They they will get the Oscar this they time. They can do but it. I think no. we can get <laughs> like because they need to pinpoint it. We could get you or someone to oh, okay. to stand in. Sure, and I mean, pinpoint yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. Great. I'd love to. Great comedian. It's good to be up yeah. there with the greats. But I think Maggie Smith would really bring a fun physicality to it as well. Mm. Yeah, and that is that of a seventy-something-year-old woman. <laughs> <laughs> and they do have her in a wheelchair, so they just someone else pushing her, yeah. in a, like in a blue screen, so, in a blue screen suit, pushing her legs on. <laughs> <laughs> and they could film it out here on the Gold Coast. Yes. Yeah, bring God. back the Australian yeah. movie. Bring the mask industry. back to our shores. There's two things Australia needs: one, to bring back the mask; <laughs> two, bring back the Biff. Because <laughs> we need to just really help the entertainment industry here. Um, I want Zack Snyder to direct it. Okay, I, I think it'd that. be it'd be gritty. I want the yeah. gritty reboot. Yes. I want to know like why is he so schlubby? Well, she now. Why is yeah. Dame Maggie Smith so schlubby? Why is she in this dead end job? Why does she take shit from people? Mm. Um, I pretty much only want her to become Greenface in mm. the final twenty of the yeah. film, and I don't want to get. I don't want to see her be silly. I want her to be serious in <laughs> oh, Greenface, yeah. yeah. and and it's actually an allegory <laughs> for race. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Now yep. this is a film that I would watch. Mm. Yeah, and if we did a sequel, Daughter of the Mask, perhaps. Yes, I'd, I'd consider casting Jamie Kennedy again. Wow, as, yeah. as the as the daughter, as the daughter of the mask. <laughs> titular daughter of the mask. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever see Son of the Mask? Either of you? Which I've seen on TV. Uh, I think Mark Mitchell was in it. Oh yeah, that's the one your brother ordered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I never saw the finish. I is mean, it, as a family, we couldn't. It would be no. too heartbreaking. Is it true, Alexi, that in that film he puts the mask on, has sex with his wife, and then she gives birth to a baby that has the powers of the mask? Um, I don't know. I don't think I. I think that's what it's about. I think oh, I was. Isn't that also the storyline of America, American Horror Story one? Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is too in the gimp suit. He becomes the mask? Well, It's a gimp suit rather than a mask. Oh, okay, right. Well, from what I know is that Alan Cumming is Loki Uh and he tries to get um, the mask back. Right. And then Bob Hoskins Hoskins is Odin, father of all gods, and Magda Sabansky plays Betty. (laughs) Is Betty a god? No. No, She's a woman. Is she a secretary? Is she a... I don't know. A rumpled, a rumpled section. Rumpled stiltskin. Well, perhaps this is a conversation best saved for my um, (laughs) spin-off podcast about Jamie Kennedy. Um, It's called Jamie, Jamie fucking Kennedy Um, assassination conspiracies, but I abbreviate it to JFK (laughs) (laughs) assassination um, conspiracies. I um, want to plug my Magda Zubansky. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's called Zubansk me, Zubansk you. Okay, all right. And how how's that going for you? Uh, it's great. Um, it's a bit quiet. Okay. At the moment, we we're just—it's just a book club essentially for a memoir that she released two years ago. <laughs> um, but you know, she's great in Kath and Kim. Yeah, she is funny. She's, she's iconic, funny. and we're lucky to have her. Yeah, and she actually does get a lot of respect, which is um, <laughs> which is good. She's she owes it. Now, guys, what is the moment in this film that got you most carried away? I mean, what <laughs> did you enjoy? <laughs> What did you enjoy the most as gym junkies? Probably the smoking area. Yeah, where he, where he says smoking. 
the few times that he yeah. says smoking. Was, that's very exciting because I'd heard of this catchphrase before. Yeah. But I'd never seen it played out and in how, the film. How did you find the way it was delivered? I thought it was B-E-A youthful. Yeah. Mm. Very funny? Really funny. It made me laugh. Now, is it comparable to like a Do I Make You Horny Baby? No, there's no comparison. There's nothing, (laughs) there's no more iconic line in cinema history than Do I Make You Horny Baby, Randy? Do I Make You Horny? Yeah, baby, yeah. Even smoking is not quite up there. It's pretty good, though. It's very succinct. I think it's a second place, but Mm. it's a far second place. Jen, what was your favorite moment? Well, it's hard. And please, somebody stop me before I. Rattle on because there's so many moments, but I love <laughs> the idea of a place called Coco Bungo sure. being the hottest spot mm. in town. Yeah, me too. You know that you is know? A, the real uh, that is also the name of a nightclub in the uh, previously mentioned the Majestic, which is also the name of Jim Carrey's nightclub that he owns in Mexico. He owns a nightclub Cancun. called the Coco Bungo. Yeah. No. Yes, <laughs> Jim. Oh, that is so Jim. Can I ask you guys to plug anything? Jen, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, well, I've got a new job this year mm-hmm. um, on Triple J, which is a radio station. and um, I don't It's a know. local broadcaster. It's a local, <laughs> it's a little thing we do every week. Um, <laughs> You're the lunch presenter. You're the new lunch yeah. presenter. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's so cool. I'm also part of the breakfast team, yeah. so please stop tweeting us angrily. <laughs> Because it's fine. Everything's okay. Everything's fine. These things happen. There is changeover. That's mm. what happens in the media. The fire, there's a phoenix born from the ashes. Mm. That's true. And you're going to be the most beautiful phoenix Thank soaring you. and blowing fire. Do they blow fire or is that a dragon? We just um, play fire tracks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, we couldn't be more proud of you, Jen. Thank you. We're very proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of you boys too. Oh, oh thank wow. you. Thank Thanks you for so doing much. my show. Thank, thank you, you so, much. so much for having me. Thank you guys for bringing so much depth and gravitas to what I think has been a really overlooked chapter of uh, Australian cinema history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The Lex- lead up to the son of the mask. Yeah. <laughs> Lex, is there anything you'd like to play? Yeah, I've got a podcast called Mike Check with Cameron James and Lexi Chaliopoulos where we mm-hmm. talk about uh, the films and other shit of Mike Myers. <laughs> and every now and then we'll do a spin-off that's based on another comedic voice. Sure. Uh, such as... For example... You could do one about Jim Carrey. Okay. But wow, if you want right. to let us know what you think our next spin-off show should be, uh, give us five stars on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And in your five-star review, write down the name and concept of what you think our next spin-off should be. For example, someone, say, someone with a Twitter handle, at Maddie D. Unwood, could tweet or give a review requesting something called Alrighty Now, Alrighty Then, the films of Jim Carrey. Yeah. Well, that would be very cool. I think that would be really cool to do. Yeah, that would be very cool. Any other podcasts you've got? I've got the Blake Slate Movie Podcast where mm-hmm. me and Cameron James go through <laughs> a film that we know very little about uh, and review it with a fresh perspective. We're on hiatus at the moment. We just did a Best of 2016. That's one of the best episodes we've ever done in our entire lives. Yeah, it's a great show. I'm a big fan of both those shows and I'm on both those shows. And I'd like to plug the Twitter handle of your Mike Check mm-hmm. one. It's at Mike Check Pod, I yes. believe. Yes, follow us on there. You can follow me on Twitter at this is Lexi Cameron at I'm Cameron James. Uh, I'm at Jen Frigup. I reckon I'm going to delete it in about six months. Nice. nice. Twitter's dead, it. man. Twitter's Less dead. active users than Snapchat. Get on Snapchat, at Jen Fricker on Snapchat. I put heaps of all my shit there. Yeah, she Fuck does yeah. great stories. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show and I hope you enjoy your lives. And please get out there and support the film industry in Australia and the film career of Jim Carrey. Go watch Red Dog. <laughs> yeah. Go watch True Red Blue. Dog True Blue. <laughs> And also go see Tazzy Devil live at the Helston Park RSL this weekend. It's my check! It's my check!